All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. It's Thursday, January 26th, and this is Daily Faceoff Live. Tyler Uremchuk and Frank Saravalli in the same room. Feels good, Frank. Love to see it. Love to be in Edmonton. Big energy, big weekend coming up. we got a little pond hockey to play in Jasper, Alberta, but some work to do before that. Yeah, some work to do and maybe some athletic brewing, non-alcoholic beers to crush in the meantime as well. we got to save ourselves. It is, it is dry January. It is so. still dry January. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what we saw on the ice last night. There's a lot to get to today on the show, so let's go two minutes and 30 seconds up and start with the New York Islanders who, Frank, are they on life support? This is a team with just one win, one win in their last 10 games. Yeah, one win and they're floundering in the standings. And now it becomes really a mathematical improbability as to whether or not they can get back into the race and catch a team like the Washington Capitals Mm -hmm. or the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we'll talk about the Buffalo Sabres and the run that they've been on in a second. But what alarms me about the New York Islanders, Tyler, is their inability to score. They've scored more than three goals in a game just once in calendar year 2023. The last time was 11 games ago. This is not a new story. We know that they have playmakers. They have Matt Barzell, one of the best in the league, but they don't have any finishers. They're all Swedish, no finish. They need (laughs) to find more goal scoring production. The problem is when you take a look at the way that their salary cap is structured on an aging team with a lot of term already handed out, there's not a ton of flexibility for Lou Lamorello at the trade deadline. And that's the thing. This is every Islander fan's worst nightmare as they've gotten to this point because they're in a spot where they might not make the playoffs 
And they already essentially doubled down on this roster from the summer. So yeah. a really tough spot to be in if you're a New York Islander fan. Yeah, and you mentioned not a lot of pieces to sell right now. And when you look at their list of pending UFAs, like not exactly a ton of options here on the list where you go, oh, yeah, they can get a second for this guy or a first for this guy. I mean, Zach Parisi up front, Scott Mayfield on the blue line, maybe a guy who would have a bit of value if they decide to move on from him. And I just... I don't see the Islanders selling. That's the thing. You think Lou's going to be stubborn? Well, he has been to this point. We haven't seen any sort of indication. Like, you take a look at the pending UFAs that you just mentioned. We haven't seen any indication that they're going to go down that path where they begin to pluck off pieces. My guess would be that they'd try and re-sign someone like a Scott Mayfield, for instance. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know where they're heading from here. Only that's the thing when it comes to the deadline, only God and Lou Lamorello <laughs> know. But in this case, given the posture that they've shown to this point, we don't have any reason to believe that they're going to be anything but what they've been to this point. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're a candidate for some sort of a hockey trade and they just want or to try to breathe. I mean, do you throw good money after bad this year? I don't know. It's tough. They're in uh, quite the spot. And as you saw with the standings, we flashed up the math just isn't in their favor. And again, I've said this line before, but like it's getting late early for a lot of these teams. And when you're a team like the Islanders, and not only are you out of a playoff spot, but you need to leapfrog two, three teams just to get in. Like, I'll say this. If they do get in, they could be a really interesting team because of Ilya Sorokin. Yeah. Look at their defensive metrics. Look at their numbers. You know, Barry Trotz is gone, but they still kind of play like a Barry Trotz team in the sense that they're defensively sound. And Ilya Sorokin has done such a good job keeping the puck out of the net that maybe that's why you try and push for an addition because you've got the goaltender to get you there once you get in the door. If they get in, Ilya Sorokin is going to have one hell of a heart trophy Franchise case. player. Franchise you, player. I listed 17 players before the season started our archetype ranking series. Mm -hmm. Ilya Soroka, one of 17, and everyone was like, what? <laughs> but he's really good. He's very, very good. And goaltending is an important position. Uh, let's move along to talk about a team who, while the Islanders go this way, the Sabres are going that way to the moon. Four wins in a row for the Buffalo Sabres. They are now just three points back of the Washington Capitals for the final playoff spot, but with three games in hand. That means if you sort by points percentage like we do here, the Buffalo Sabres are holding on to the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Does GM Kevin Adams have any choice but to buy, Frank? Yeah, I think he does. Okay. I think he has the ability to be patient. And perhaps maybe that's the best call here. I could see this team adding in a periphery way, meaning if there's a piece out there or two that's not going to break the bank in terms of future assets, you go out and do it and reward your team. But here's the thing about the Buffalo Sabres that I think makes their run this season as they score goals like nobody's business so fun to watch and probably so fulfilling for Kevin Adams and Don Granato on their staff is they made a point as all the other teams in their division, the Detroit Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators both had massive spending sprees this summer. Yeah. They said, you know what? We're not getting involved in that sweepstakes. We are going to stand pat. And the reason for that is not because they didn't like what was out there or could see those guys as potential fits on their team. They didn't do it because they're in a spot where they didn't want any of their young players to have a roadblock in front of them. Hmm. Let them continue to develop. And that's kind of the same thing that I see when it comes to this trade deadline. It's maybe you go out on the goaltending market, although Craig Anderson's been fine. He's not playing the lion's share of the games and they've dealt with injuries and in net. But other than that, I'm not looking at a glaring hole saying there isn't one or someone on that Sabres roster right now that could step into one of those spots and fill one of those voids. Keep playing the young guys. Keep 
allowing them to progress. I think it's so important. And we've talked about this with an Oilers deadline perspective. You don't want to change the temperament of your team yeah. and the outlook of your prospects that have stepped into roles and have someone standing in their way. So unless you think it's going to be someone that's going to be here for the long term, which I think you can wait till the summer to make that move, I don't see a giant deadline addition coming for the Buffalo Sabres. And you know what's the coolest part about watching this team, Tyler? They believe. Don Granado's got them playing a certain type of way. Well, the culture has changed yep. dramatically. Kevin Adams has been a big part of it, but also their coach and Don Granado. Players want to play for him, and they're excited. They feel like they're right on the cusp of something special, and maybe this could be that year that they break through, as we were all kind of saying, what if the Ottawa, what if the Detroit? Will the Caps hang on? What about the Islanders long in the tooth? Pretty special year brewing for the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, absolutely. One guy who has really benefited from that whole let the kids play. How about Dylan Cousins and the seasons he's, he's been having the workhorse from Whitehorse? I'll just offer a counterpoint. How about to that. a contract for Dylan Cousins? <laughs> That's going to be expensive. Yeah. Uh, the counterpoint to what you said of let the kids play and all that. Is there a part of it where Kevin Adams should look and say, hey, I want to show this team and this group that I believe in them this year and go get, even if it's a rental piece. You know, they have three second but round does picks. Does that also mess with you? Because maybe it's saying, I don't believe in the group that's in here right now. I don't know. Does that throw? I think there's a big part of that yeah. that's really rarely considered when it comes to the trade deadline, which is you throw off the current chemistry that you have mm -hmm. and you essentially told this group, while they may have been looking for a boost, that the answer is already in here. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's talk about a team that probably isn't too worried about throwing off any sort of chemistry right now, and that's the Calgary Flames. Our deadline countdown up at dailyfaceoff.com. 37 days away, correct, Frank, from the NHL trade deadline? I think it's, is it 36 today? 36 it, to 37. I'm it's, losing track. Yeah. It's been going down since 60, and I'm just, we're not getting there fast enough with one story that we're pumping out per day. Well, and Brad Tree Living has some interesting 36. decisions. 36 days away. Uh, Brad Tree Living has some interesting decisions to make in Calgary because his team, by points percentage, is not sitting in a playoff spot right Ninth now. Ninth place. Ninth place. West. Last year, he saw a need. They needed depth up front. He went out, bang, 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 he addressed it. He got the job done. What are his? What are the needs he's looking at this time around? Well, I think the needs are really clear, and it's a top six mm -hmm. scoring winger that, if you can find it, also has some speed that he could bring to your lineup. That's the thing about the Flames when you look at their goals per game. They need someone that can finish. They've yeah. got some talented playmakers. They need someone who can score reliably and hopefully also bring some speed. So that's objective number one for the Flames from a deadline perspective. And the second is they need to get an answer on Oliver Shillington. That will come, I believe, in the next week or so. They need to find out, is he coming back? He's been in the NHL's player assistance program since the beginning of the season. He's also counted on their cap the entire season, which I'm not mm -hmm. sure that everyone has noticed. And so they need to know as they get closer to their deadline plans, are you coming back and working your way back into shape and you're going to play this season? Or are you going to stay in Sweden? Because either way... Both of those things are going to take time. Either Shillington is going to need three weeks or so, probably a trip to the AHL with the Wranglers on a conditioning stint to get back and get healthy and, and really feel good. And that's part of it. They're hoping that's the best case scenario. But if not, they could potentially have a team that already has projected to have $4 million in salary cap space on deadline day on March 3rd, could have an additional $2.5 bucks wow. if they're able to move uh, Shillington to a non-roster status. So they're hoping to get an answer by uh, from him in the next week. But as far as 
fulfilling that need, that's been a hole on their back end that they also really haven't addressed that hasn't been talked about enough this season is Shillington was a guy that was playing top four minutes last year and was a big part of their team. You take him out of the mix. Even if you get the two and a half million bucks back, you probably can't adequately fill that position at that price, let alone the acquisition cost to go get him. So quickly, I threw out four names in our trade deadline playbook today that's on dailyfaceoff.com. As far as the scoring wingers, Vladimir Tarasenko is one. James Van Riemsdyk from the Flyers, who reliably scores 22, 24, 25 goals every season. Ivan Barbashev, a little bit of a reclamation project, a pending UFA, 26 goals and 60 points last season. And Max Domi, I think he's actually better suited as a center If you can get him comfortable on the wing and get him producing, he can provide a little edge for your lineup Mm -hmm. and maybe some insurance possibility as well down the middle should you run into any kind of injury when it comes to the playoffs. So those are four guys to look at. And again, uh, potentially someone with speed if you can get it. Interesting stuff. I mean, yeah, spending up on a guy like Tarasenko would certainly be pushing some chips into the middle. But as we saw with Brad Tree living over the summer, he's not afraid to do that. I don't even think that the cost on Tarasenko is going to be that prohibitive. I mean... He's had the injury, he's been good this season, but not sort of at the level that he was last year as the entire Blues team has struggled. I think he's sort of in the second tier down of players, rental players that are available this year at the deadline. And important to point out, Vladimir Tarasenko holds all the cards with a full no-trade clause. Oh, that is actually probably pretty important to keep in mind as we head up to the deadline. Those little nuances make a big difference. Frank, we finally got a trade yesterday in the NHL. I think it kind of does. There's some names, at least, you know, it's not like they just swapped a bunch of random AHLers, but Colorado picking up Matt Nieto and Ryan Merkley, who's an interesting kind of reclamation project. San Jose gets Jacob McDonald and Martin Kaut. Uh, Maybe just before we get into this, walk me through why this makes sense for both sides. I'm actually not sure that it does. And it's kind of a really weird trade unless... San Jose is such a big believer that they can uncover something from Martin Kalt, uh, a former first-round pick that the Avs haven't to this point. But I think you could make the argument that from an upside perspective, and our prospect analyst Stephen Ellis would probably agree, who's coming up next as we talk the next wave, Kalt and Merkley, also a first-round pick, they probably have very similar upside trajectory Mm -hmm. uh, if you're looking at it from that perspective. So I kind of view that as a wash. Jacob McDonald is a career eighth defenseman. Like, he's not bringing anything to your lineup that you otherwise wouldn't have expected. And so in the end, Colorado ends up getting Matt Nieto, who's a pretty decent depth piece addition to your roster, and they don't really pay anything for him because they're getting something back in Merkley and they traded Calt. I mean, that's a wash. So they basically get Nieto for McDonald. I see why it helps the abs. I guess what I'm asking myself is why did the Sharks trade Matt Nieto, who's a decent deadline piece in exchange for kind of getting nothing when they could have got a mid round pick for him at the deadline, if they just auctioned him off separately. Yeah, I mean, I know San Jose is a team that's kind of struggled in the forward department. So maybe the chance to just get rid of Merkley and bring in a forward with upside, they felt like fit their organization a little better. I mean, it's worth a flyer, but again, like, yeah. And we knew Merkley had requested the trade. He was number Mm -hmm. 30 on our trade targets board. Again, this trade isn't moving the needle in any big way, but 
Hey, throw it on the trade tracker on dailyfaceoff.com. We've got a lot more coming in the next 36 days. Yeah, a lot going on on dailyfaceoff.com. Like you said, the trade tracker. We have our deadline countdown every day. Also, our Bedard watch, which gets updated daily. After, by Stephen Ellis. By Stephen Ellis, yes. Uh, another just fun little part of this, and I know you tweeted about it last night, but Matt Nieto has now been moved, I suppose, four times in his career, starting with the Sharks, then to the Avs, back to the Sharks, and back to the Avs he goes. I mean, this guy only needs two apartments. Two teams. Two different stints with each of those teams. Oh, it's kind of a weird career. But yeah, it's, pretty awesome, I guess, for a California kid. Never really ventured very far. Yeah, pretty neat. Uh, Matt Nieto going back to the Colorado Avalanche. Let's get into today's edition of The Next Wave with our friend Stephen Ellis. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The next wave brought to you by our friends at Montana. Steven, I feel bad. We're in and we there's a spot on the couch for you. Maybe we should have invited you out to Edmonton for today's hit. But uh the next wave, you were a busy guy last night watching the top prospects game. Give me a little rundown on who stood out to you, or maybe one guy in particular who stood out to you. Well, of course, all the eyes are on on Connor Bedard, but the guy I was really wanting to see last night was Scott Retzlaff, a goaltender who had to face Bedard last night. And I think Bedard had about four or five shots on him, and most of the opportunities they had were pretty good. But Retzlaff going out there and, and going out, saving 24 of the 25 saves was incredible. This is a guy that, looking at the Helenka Gretzky and I'm not sure a lot of people expected him to be the number one guy there, but he put up some of the best numbers we've ever seen in tournament history. And granted, it was a dominant Canadian team that didn't have Bedard and didn't need him, but he went out there and just played great. He's been good under pressure. I've really liked watching him this year in the WHL of Seattle, and I thought he played as good as you can ask for. In a, in a game where the goalie split halfway through, but also it wasn't a lot of scoring uh, until late in the game. So I thought it was a, a kind of a pretty solid game. We kind of get these where... Sometimes you'll get these games being like seven to five, but then yet last night where it was one, one into heading into the third period. One, one heading into the third period, a juicy top prospects game in Langley, BC. But I want to ask you about a guy that wasn't there and wasn't at the world junior championship for political reasons, geopolitical reasons, 
But he's number three on your top 70 midseason rankings, which you posted on Wednesday on dailyfaceoff.com. It's a great resource if you're a draft nerd. You'll dive in if you are a casual draft fan and curious what type of player your team might be able to pick up. Head on over and read Steven's rankings. But Matt Vave Mitchkoff, he is, to me, the biggest wild card of this draft. And it's not necessarily just because of the fact that no one has really seen him eyes on in person that works for an NHL team because NHL staffers are not in Russia. But it's also a complicating factor because he has a contract that he's not eligible to come over to the NHL until yeah. 2026. Wow. The GM that selects him, whoever that may be, may not even still be in the job by 2026. So, Stephen, as you've watched Michkov and as you've done, you know, the sort of risk assessment that goes with this, which do you, do you get a sense that there's many teams that are going to be willing to take a chance on a player like Mishkov so early in the draft? team in the KHL that wasn't given much ice time. He went, got sent down to the second division, was too good for that. And then got traded to HK Sochi. And I think that one is a very interesting deal because they've played 53 games this year. They've won four of them. It's one of the worst seasons we've ever seen in the KHL. But he immediately went out there and got to play a lot of ice time. This is one of the most skilled prospects I've seen in terms of just pure talent. You look at Bedard, obviously we know what he could do. But I think from a, uh, a wow, like this guy is unbelievable must-watch entertainment every night. Michkov is extremely close to there and a guy that in most other drafts would be number one. But the Russian factor plus his long-term contract means teams have to be patient. Uh, if you're, if you've got a solid prospect base, like let's say it ends up being like an Anaheim pick. I could see Anaheim at number three saying, we'll take the risk because we've got Zegers, we've got Troy Terry, we've got a good blue line, we've got some solid goalie prospects coming up. We can be a bit patient here. But a team that needs to win soon or turn things around soon isn't going to take that same risk. He also becomes an interesting trade piece if you draft him too because, he, you know, again, you, you are waiting a while for him. By then, he might be a top-scoring player in the KHL. But I think this is one of the best Russian prospects we've seen in quite some time. And uh, I think he's worth the wait. But you've got to be willing to take that risk knowing that it could hurt you in the long run if, if he doesn't come around for a while. Yeah. I wonder if the Kirill Kaprizov effect having just waited that. so long and then you see the impact of what you get, maybe that allows teams to be a little bit more patient, but there's just so much unknown. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to put myself in that spot as an NHL GM. Am I willing to stake such a valuable asset on that? It's a really tough call. I think for me, and Steve made a good point, you think about Anaheim, a GM who was just hired, even in San Jose, a GM who just hired, who was just hired, you would think those guys would have a bit more of a longer runway knowing it's a rebuild. Maybe they're more open to taking that shot. So I yeah. like the point you I mean, made. Maybe Chicago as well. They're yeah. taking the real long view as well. I, mm -hmm. I just, it's a tough, it's a tough sell, I think, because then your owner is also sitting there going, hey, really? Like everyone else gets a shiny new yeah, toy and is, I don't get one. what we're getting? Uh, Steven, just quickly focusing on the draft again, you'll have some new content coming out here right away on dailyfaceoff.com, but anyone whose stock is really rising in your opinion? Uh, for sure. David Reinbacher, a guy that, uh, coming out of the Austrian or uh, coming out of Austria. And I think that 
he was one of the most impressive players for me at the World Juniors, which was hard to believe because he played on a team that seemed to allow 10 goals every single game. But, you know, he wasn't getting scored on often. He was doing a great job of shutting everyone down. Uh, and he's putting up a ton of points in the in the National League in Switzerland, which is not a development league. That is one heck of a strong league where you'll see NHL teams play against teams from there and then be it's a tough game. So I think this is a guy that's a great puck-moving defenseman who can play a shutdown role. And I think when you when you've had to play for Austria's national team for so long, you get used to having to play a lot in your own zone. And But then you go and see him play in his domestic league and he's doing so much of the puck. This is a guy that it's not a strong year for defense in this draft. And it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up becoming the first one, because I think just what we've seen in the last year where he was maybe, I don't know, a second, third round player at best. Now some are, some scouts are saying top 10, top 15. I believe Adam around 15th or 16th. So I know that he's a guy that is going to be really impressive. He's got good size, moves well, shoots the puck well. I think he's someone where teams are going to love him. Uh, and he's going to probably be, if he's taken in the second half of the draft, he'll be one of the best value picks in that second half. And a guy who's got some decent size too, as you can see on our player card, they're listed at six foot two, almost 190 pounds. Steven, insight, fantastic. As always, the next wave brought to you by Montana's. The new comfort menu is out now. I was at Montana's yesterday. I had a chance to sample some of these. They are fantastic. Montana's.ca for all the info. The Chipotle Firecracker Burger. Our guy Jay had that one yesterday, and it looked really good. If you want to have a little fun, Tyler posted a picture outside of Montana's yesterday. You can see <laughs> what a skinny prick he is and how much he really needs the all-you-can-eat ribs, for instance, yeah. on a Monday. All right, head to montanas.ca for more. Steven, thanks for your time, man. Yep, thanks so much. Uh... Coming back with our hashtag ask DFO question. But before we do that, Frank, a little piece of news. Yeah, just an interesting little tidbit from the morning skates out there. Ryan Hartman going to be a healthy scratch today wow. for the Minnesota Wild. 34 goals, 65 points last year. They scratched Matt Dumba last week. We talked about that. The Wild have fallen outside of the playoff picture looking in on points. And they're in an interesting spot as they've fallen back a bit. Colorado has been on a tear. They've displaced the Wild in the standings. We thought that might be a possibility, but Hartman says, quote, message received, according to Michael Russo of The Athletic. Dean Evison, not afraid to send one this season with the Minnesota Wild. And according to our friend Michael Russo, Hartman also said if he was Dean Evison, he would take himself out of the lineup as well. So, I, I mean, I don't know what to make of that. What a weird thing. Uh, Ryan Hartman, one more year, $1.7 million heading into the season. I was like, man, one of the best value contracts in the NHL. Uh, let's get to our inbox question. Interesting quotes from Hartman. There were interesting quotes from Rick Tockett last night as well after his second game behind the Canucks bench. And that sparks this one. What's the worst thing a coach can call his team? So I was thinking about this because Rick Tockett called the Canucks soft following their game on Wednesday evening. And I think that's up there. Yeah. It's pretty high on the list. I would say maybe aside from soft, I'd rather be called lazy than soft because at least lazy you can change, right? Like yeah. you can you can work harder. You can be better. <laughs> Dumb is also pretty high up there, but yeah, it's hard to change. Dumb, soft yeah. is like, especially coming from someone like Rick Tockett, the unique combination of points and penalty minutes in his career. Anything but soft. 3,000 penalty minutes. Yeah. When he calls you soft, like that is like, that hurts to the core. Yeah. For me, I kind of took this a different way. And my pick was disinterested. Mm. When a coach said, we were disinterested tonight. Because to me, that is damning on the team. 
but also on the coach and his handle on the room. And that's why I spun this. If your coach is calling his team disinterested, I think there are a lot more problems than maybe that one result in a game. Uh, let's move along to our points bet daily bets because I went two and one last night. Zach Hyman grabs yes. an apple. We got a juicy puck line cover from the Seattle Kraken at almost plus 150. So I'll look to roll that into some success tonight, starting with that matchup between the Avs and the Ducks. There was a big upset in the NHL last night with the Columbus Blue Jackets not just covering but beating the Edmonton Oilers. The Avs are almost the same when it comes to how big of favorites they are against the Ducks, but the Avs are red hot. They're at home. I like this spot. Minus 145 is not a great price when you're betting the puck line, but I do not mind laying this juice at all. Like It just feels like such a layup. This Anaheim Ducks team is terrible. They're playing bad as of late. Colorado is absolutely on fire. Take them on the puck line. Also, a shot prop parlay for you tonight. Nick Schmaltz over one and a half, Rasmus Anderson over one and a half. You combine those on Points Bet Canada, it pays out plus 130. Each of these guys have hit it in four of their last five. And Nick Schmaltz, eight shots on net in his last game. Schmaltzy. He just needs two to hit this tonight. I like Schmaltz and Anderson on the parlay. And that brings us to garbage time, Frank. Where we are your sartorial advisors. We're going to yes. give a little look to the stadium series jerseys that were revealed this morning with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Washington Capitals, the Weagle has landed. I kind of <laughs> like the the Eagle. Uh, I like how they made it larger. I like how it's a little bit 3D, as you can see in the explanation here. Some sublimation, but also some embroidery. Yeah. But I'm a big attention to details guy. And what I love about this one from the Hurricanes, as it is not only the first ever Carolina Hurricanes jersey that does not have the color white in it, I like how the names and the numbers are a bit slanted, as okay. in to show the wind in a hurricane. So, <laughs> I, I mean, that to me is something, that little detail, taking it a little bit step further, I think they're going to look pretty cool. Yeah, the Canes ones are growing on me a little bit. They look all right. I worry about, I'm, for the poor play-by-play -play guys who got to call dark on dark, I know that's, that's always not tough. That bad. Red is pretty easy to see. Yeah, those Capitals ones are just... To me, like it looks like when they're when a player's skating, it'll look like he's flapping his wings with the way the. But then if Kuznetsov scores, like it'll look even cooler. He can do the what do you call that? What what's his? Ah, uh, yeah, the FIFA, the bird celebration. What, I don't what know what they that? call it. I don't know. I just to me these are these are up there with those St. Louis Blues trumpet ones and the Burger really? King Kings ones. They just what? feel so weird. What a bad take that is. I'm not gonna give them the dope classification okay. but i'm certainly not going to say nope i kind of like them and by the way looking forward to being in raleigh carter finley stadium in a couple weeks yes for the stadium series long awaited outdoor game that thing sold out in minutes it's going to be pretty wow. awesome with uh one of the best teams in the eastern conference finally getting their due with an outdoor game if you're watching on the nation or on the daily face off youtube uh drop in a comment before you leave give us your thoughts on those stadium series jerseys we'll be right back here same spot tomorrow at noon eastern or 10 o'clock mountain since we are in edmonton thanks for tuning in to today's daily face off live enjoy the game tonight we'll be right back at it i'll talk to you then hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.